It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures, presented by Twin Peaks. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening. There is a lot to get to with Tennessee football recruiting. There is a big announcement coming up on Wednesday with one of Tennessee's top prospects. Looks like Tennessee has some work to do there, but that will continue probably after tomorrow. I'll tell you about that on tonight's show. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to talk to Adam Friedman of Rivals.com. He's going to stop by to talk about a couple of key defensive linemen that Tennessee is recruiting in 2021, plus some other prospects who are already committed to Tennessee as Adam covers the East Coast in recruiting, and Tennessee has been very active recruiting the East Coast. We'll get to that. And then in segment number two, I'll update you on one of Tennessee's top targets with his announcement coming up tomorrow. That's offensive lineman Amarius Mims. Also, takeaways from the Georgia game. It did not go well. It did for a little while, but not for four quarters. That reminded us of what Tennessee is trying to get done. You'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt as well talk about Tennessee's freshman quarterback, Harrison Bailey. That'll be a part of tonight's Freshman Focus. It's all right here on Football Futures, presented by Twin Peaks, which you can find on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. Great for watching sports. We have baseball going on tonight with the Braves and Dodgers and then the Astros and Rays in the championship series. Football continues. Titans in action tonight, and sports are going on all the time right now. You can find TVs all over the place and a great menu at Twin Peaks on North Shore Drive between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill making football futures happen each and every Tuesday from 7 until 7.30. I want to welcome to the show Adam Friedman with Rivals.com covering recruiting. And uh, Adam, I appreciate you taking some time to join me here. I want to first ask about a player that I know that you've had a chance to visit with and and uh, write about here recently as he had his updated list, and that's defensive lineman Tywin Malone. W- what's the latest there? Where does Tennessee stand? Uh, what is Malone looking at with his recruitment for the 21 class? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me again on, Josh. I appreciate that. Uh, with Tylen, uh, you know, his his recruitment's been really interesting. You always talk about these dual sport athletes, but really it's football most of the time that carries the most weight and, and his potential on the football field. But with Malone, it seems like baseball is right there, very equal with uh, football. Uh, you know, he's looking at both programs equally, uh, and that's where Tennessee has done a really good job with him. Uh, you know, the baseball program is recruiting him about as hard as the football program is. They're staying in constant contact. They've built some really strong relationships. And it's interesting to see how uh, how the both programs are really putting this, this full, full court press on him. But, you know, they've got a number of other uh, contenders right now. Ole Miss really chiefly the, the, the other uh, contender for him. The Rebels have done a really good job making sure that he sees his value to both the football and the baseball programs. Uh, he was down uh, at Ole Miss earlier this year for really a baseball visit. Uh, and right now Ole Miss has two players that play both football and baseball. Uh, one of them, their star running back, uh, Jerry and Ely, uh, who had a monster game this past weekend. Uh, you know, they, they've talked fairly often about how it works playing both sports there. And, you know, Tennessee is, is looking forward to doing some of the same things. They're getting Malone a little bit more familiar with the baseball players there and showing him how he could do both sports uh, effectively uh, and be successful on both, on both uh, teams. Uh, we got to also look out for teams like Florida State uh, and, and Texas A&M has done a pretty good job. USC, you know, he hasn't been out to USC just yet to get a closer look 
at both programs there. And then the hometown team, Rutgers, you know, he's got so many connections there that it wouldn't be surprising to see the, the Scarlet Knights still be in contention right up to his decision day because his, his former head coach is one of the assistant coaches there. Uh, he knows so many players on the team there. Uh, he's, he was on campus earlier this year, too. Uh, so just keep an eye out for the Scarlet Knights to still hang around, hanging around there. But uh, I, I look at the top two contenders right now being Tennessee and Ole Miss. Yeah, and it's really interesting because Malone is not your typical football baseball prospect, is he, in that he's a 300-pound defensive line prospect, but also obviously a power hitter in, in baseball. But quite a unique story, wouldn't you say, with him as a football and baseball prospect? Definitely. You know, I'm not saying he's Frank Thomas or anything like that, but um, I, you know, he's, a, he's really a special athlete. I was at a game last year of his where uh, you can find this uh, clip on my Twitter from last year where he went out for a pass and caught a huge, uh, a huge first down catch down the sideline. I think I want to say it was 20, 25 yards right along the sideline in tight coverage. So, And this past weekend, I think he uh, batted and, and caught an interception uh, in his game this past weekend. So uh, we're looking at a really special athlete here and a guy who really, when he devotes his time fully to one or the other and really stays focused on, on his, his future goals, uh, when he de- identifies what uh, sport he really wants to play at the professional level possibly, uh, we could really see a, a special player. Yeah, and by the way, could, um, could the professional ranks be in the mix out of high school? For baseball, for baseball, there's been some chatter about that. I know this past uh, major league draft, there was there was some chatter about that, but uh, it seems like there's still a little ways to go before that's really a serious option for him. It sounds like uh, college baseball is really the route he's going to take. What about uh, moving down to South Carolina? Adam Friedman of Rivals.com is my guest. Uh, d- defensive lineman Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, the latest with him. Yeah, he's really uh, he's kept everybody on their toes. You know, it was a. Uh, his decision was coming soon, and then he backed off of that. Then he came, you know, he went back through that process again. It sounds like his recruitment's really coming down there to Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina. Uh, the Gaffney defensive lineman uh, has really shown some some really good uh, physical progress this past off season into this season. He had a good couple of games so far this year. Uh, we're looking forward to getting some eyes on him at some point to really get a good evaluation on him. But as far as his uh, recruitment goes it seems like Tennessee and Georgia are right there at the top of his recruitment Georgia possibly holding a slight edge right now we hear a decision could again be coming soon uh, maybe within the next month or so but uh, you never really know with this guy he's kept everybody on their toes for the last three four months uh, and it's exciting to see uh, which way he's going to end up going when the time comes has there been, I don't know if more of that, but obviously 2020 has been different, Adam, with everything that's gone on and uh, you don't have your typical visits and contact and all that stuff. But you know, I think about uh, Smile Munden. He's a guy that he's he's kept everything uh, pretty close to the vest, right? Amarius Mims and him were uh, chattering back and forth on Twitter, I guess here in the, the last week or so. But has this been even weirder from that standpoint? How, how much more difficult has it been at times to gather some information because of all the separation that's taken place? Yeah, it's been very difficult. Generally, we see players like Tyrion uh, be very uh, close with other recruits and, yeah. and really be engaged in the recruiting process. But he, he does seem like he's very interested in, in talking about his recruitment, but he can be uh, tough to get a hold of sometimes. And, and his message can be a little different from one uh, interview to the next or what he's saying on Twitter can you know kind of throw you through a loop. So he's certainly playing playing into the, the storyline here and, and 
trying to get everybody hyped up about what he's going to actually decide to do. So uh, maybe not so different because it's 2020, just a little bit different because he hasn't had a ton of contact with other high level recruits in a camp setting and, and, and on visits and things like that. Sure. Uh, talking to Adam Friedman with Rivals.com, an East Coast recruiting analyst. And Adam, I wanted to ask you about a few of Tennessee's committed players. Uh, one uh, on the defensive line for Tennessee, a guy that was committed, opened things back up, committed again, Isaac Washington out of North Carolina. What can you tell me about him as a prospect and the thoughts that he has had in committing to Tennessee a couple of different times with Jeremy Pruitt's staff? Yeah, he's an interesting prospect as well. Somebody who we would have loved to see uh, this spring, summer, or even this fall. But, you know, how it is in North Carolina with the pandemic right now, they're not playing their season until the spring. Uh, Isaac is somebody we, we've wanted to get a better look at for quite some time. An athletic interior defensive lineman who can really chase, you know, give chase to the ball carrier. He does a good job at the point of attack. Uh, we've just been really wanting to see how he is uh, technically get an up-close look at his development from one year to the next and, and get a better idea of how he stacks up to uh, some of the other defensive linemen in this class. Uh, but if he's able to take advantage of that strength and conditioning program and put to use all the technique that he's going to learn from these coaches, uh, we could be looking at a big-time defensive lineman for the, for the balls. What about Katron Evans uh, from Baltimore, who's been committed to Tennessee? He and uh, Aaron Willis, as, as they were teammates there, uh, for for a time thoughts on Evans and I guess Aaron Willis as well two defenders who are pretty highly ranked in this class yeah yeah I'll start with uh with uh, Aaron Willis actually okay. he's the one who's actually playing football right now we're seeing some good stuff out of Aaron he's, he's grown a little bit uh he's, he is uh, every bit the six foot probably closer to six one now uh, a very very solid 210 I saw him this summer at a camp he was he wasn't participating he was just there on the sideline supporting some teammates but he has really remade his body he has chiseled he's put on some good mass and we're seeing it, it, the benefits of that on the film from his past couple of games he's taking guys heads off out there he's really a physical interior linebacker but he can play sideline to sideline if needed uh it will be interesting to see how he does with a little bit more in pass coverage that's that's going to be where he's limited a bit but uh, he can really fly around there uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And with Katron Evans, he's a guy I've known for, for many, many years now. I love the energy he plays with on the defensive line. Uh, we just need to see some consistency from him, and that's something that has come uh, as he's gotten a little bit older. He's done a good job physically developing uh, and really taking advantage of the great coaching he's gotten at St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. Uh, those defensive line coaches over there really know their stuff. And Evans has been able to dominate in situations uh, with the with the St. Francis. Yeah, and Joe Osevet's a big deal there, right? With Tennessee's recruitment and connection to uh, to St. Francis. Yeah, he's done a good job uh, building those those connections there for sure. I uh, guess Niedermeyer as well, mm -hmm. uh, uh, lending a hand there sometimes. Uh, but a lot of good connections there between St. Francis and the Tennessee coaching staff. Hey, uh, Adam, Adam Freeman, Arrivals.com. I'm curious about Cayman Marley. One, your thoughts on him as a prospect, an athlete from North Carolina, and his recruitment, what that's been like with him committing to Tennessee as he considered other schools. Where do things stand with him? Yeah, I love Cayman Marley. I think we've got him rated higher than the rest of the industry. Um, a guy who we identified pretty early on as just an, an elite athlete. You don't really know where he's going to line up on the field. He could be a receiver. He could be a running back. He could be a linebacker or a safety. Uh, but he just has great ball skills. He can do a lot when, when he's in the open field. He's a physical prospect. 
He's got a frame that's going to develop really well. Um, you know, he may not uh, find his footing in his first year or two, but I look for uh, him to really uh, show a lot of progress later in his career at Tennessee and become a standout player just as soon as he figures out where he's going to play on the field. Uh, I love what he can do um, when he's got the ball in his hand. So I hope that we end up seeing him on the offensive side of the ball. And as far as his recruitment with Tennessee, do things appear solid there as best as you can tell with Marley and the Vols? Yeah, it seems that way. The Vols were really kind of the team that he always uh, looked at. Um, you know, he would have committed sooner to Tennessee had he been able to visit. Uh, it just it yeah. took uh, him lining up a, a trip to Knoxville before he ended up pulling the trigger. And uh, if he was able to do that sooner, uh, I think we would have commit or seen him commit to Tennessee months earlier. Well, Adam, before you go, there are a lot of guys, one in your region that you cover, but especially in North Carolina or just the Carolinas, I guess, that Tennessee has recruited in this class. Do you expect more of that? What kind of impact have you seen on Tennessee in in the Carolinas as I haven't even mentioned everybody here I, I haven't brought up Jalen Ryder Colby Smith guys from North Carolina who are committed to Tennessee what kind of impact has been made there with the Vols in the Carolinas yeah they've done a great job identifying some some really uh, special talent there guys who can contribute and make this roster better uh, I like what Wright can do he's a speedy guy who's got some pretty good mass uh, on his frame now and Colby Smith is somebody who I'm dying to see you know six seven two eighty five he's a great athlete for that size um he could be uh if we're able to see him at some point here or see some new film from him i could see his rating going up as well uh they've done a great job though identifying a lot of talent in north carolina and and, and sneakily one of the more talented states in the country uh, north carolina is very deep in this class uh, and it's they, they've always got some of the best talent on the east coast um, and it's important for tennessee to continue to recruit this state not only because you know, they don't have to necessarily go up against the Georgias, the Alabamas, you know, some of these other major, major SEC programs. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that Tennessee can really sell to these guys. You know, North Carolina being an ACC school, a little bit of a different recruiting footprint there. Uh, but with Tennessee, uh, they can sell something a little bit different to these guys. And, um, you know, they've had a pretty good track record in the state of North Carolina over the years. Uh, and with the resurgence of this program under Jeremy Pruitt, uh, it seems like, they're going to have a little bit more interest in these guys over the next few years. Yeah, I've always thought there's a lot of opportunity there in the state of North Carolina, which schools at different, you know, coaches at different schools recognize too. But North Carolina has a lot of players that can make a difference. Definitely. They're going all over the place too, except for this year. You know, Mac Brown has done a really yeah. good job locking down some of the top players in the state this year, uh, but it's still a very deep state. Uh, you're going to find a lot of uh, really, really good players that, that don't necessarily want to stay in state for college they're you know interested in playing in the sec or the big 10 uh, and that's something that uh, sec and other schools outside of north carolina can really sell these guys on he is adam friedman find him on twitter at rivals friedman and find his work at rivals.com covering college football recruiting all up and down the east coast adam great to have you on the show thanks for the time and all the information i really appreciate it for sure thanks josh Big thanks again to Adam for joining me here on the show. I'll come back for another segment of Football Futures tonight presented by Twin Peaks. They're on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. We'll get to a Marius Mims announcement, which is coming up tomorrow. And the freshman focus, Harrison Bailey, what kind of progress has he made? We'll get to that. There's a ton to cover still coming up next right here on Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, the sports animal. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. 
Welcome back into Football Futures. Thank you for being with me here this evening. My name is Josh Ward. The show is presented by Twin Peaks each and every Tuesday from 7 until 7.30. You can always go back and listen to any episode. We put it on demand in the podcast section of the WNML app. Sam Foreman is my producer here this evening and each and every week and does a great job of getting the show up for you after it concludes. So, Sam, thanks for uh, your work tonight, and thanks for being here on Football Futures. Tomorrow is the announcement day for offensive lineman Amarius Mims. He is a big-time prospect, considered maybe to be the best offensive tackle in the country. He's a five-star prospect from the state of Georgia. It has largely been a Tennessee-Georgia battle recently. Alabama has been in the mix at different times. Auburn, Florida State have recruited Amarius. But recently, it's been Tennessee versus Georgia. And Tennessee has done a really good job of putting itself in position to give Mims something to think about. But right now, it appears he is likely to pick Georgia tomorrow. Tennessee is still in the picture, and whether he picks Georgia or Tennessee tomorrow, both schools and others probably as well, especially Alabama, will continue to recruit him up until he does officially sign with the school. But Mims is a 6'7", 300-pound offensive tackle. Again, maybe the best offensive tackle in the country. And he is the type of player that Tennessee is trying to land to catch up with schools like Georgia, which Tennessee is trying to battle on the recruiting trail. And if you've listened to this show or heard me talk recruiting on Sports 180, you're probably thinking enough already, Josh. We get it. Tennessee needs players like Georgia and Alabama. But that is the main point, isn't it? That was the main topic on last week's show is that going into the Georgia game, this was a battle where it wouldn't decide what Mims was going to do. I don't think players make a decision based on that. But it's a reminder that for Amarius Mims, for Nyland Green, these guys are paying attention to Georgia. They're paying attention to Tennessee. So Terry and Ingram Dawkins, those guys that Tennessee is trying to land, they need more of them. And Tennessee landed those guys, some of them, in last year's class, in the 2019 class, like Henry Tooto. It came down to Tennessee and Alabama and Washington, and he chose the Vols. Well, if he were playing at Alabama, he'd be on the field there. You want those kinds of players, obviously. And then if you look at Tennessee's offensive line, we'll see how things bounce back. But Trey Smith, Cade Mays, Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, those guys all had opportunities to go to these schools that I'm talking about. Brandon Kennedy went to Alabama and then transferred to Tennessee. Cade Mays was at Georgia and would be starting on Georgia's offensive line right now. Instead, he's at Tennessee. So Tennessee is trying to win more of those battles. That's pretty obvious. And and I did think about this coming out of the game on Saturday. Things did not go well for the Vols in the second half. And turnovers were a big part of that. That's what Jeremy Pruitt brought up here. But I, I do think there's more to this conversation. As Jeremy was asked after the game, this is Tennessee's head coach, Jeremy Pruitt, answering the question, what do you still have to do to close that gap with Georgia? Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said. Don't turn the ball over three times in one half. It's pretty simple, guys. It ain't about timeouts. It ain't about – it's about turning the ball over three times in the second half. It's about not being able to run the football. Uh, it's about getting off the field on third down. It's everything in my, that I said in my opening statement. So, you know, those things we got to fix, and, and um, we'll work hard to do that. I do think he's right. Obviously, you don't want to turn the football over. Who's going to argue that point? But Georgia also made plays. Georgia had players all over the place on the field, and that comes back to recruiting, doesn't it? It comes back to speed and talent. And Tennessee, all over the place on offense, had issues. And Tennessee has good players. So uh, part of it is development, and let's see what happens with Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright moving forward because there's still plenty of potential there and getting guys 
in the right spot on the offensive line. Cade, is he a, a guard moving forward for Tennessee on a regular basis? That'll depend on health of other players as well, as uh, Jerome Carvin's been banged up. But it, it still, to me, comes back to talent and depth of talent. Tennessee has started to add some players. And when we get to the freshman focus in the moment, I think Tennessee has some newcomers who are going to play bigger roles as the season goes along. You need as many of those players as you can find, and that's the big focus to me coming out of the Georgia game. It's the the biggest reminder of where Tennessee still is. Tennessee has plenty of talent to beat teams like Missouri and South Carolina. That's been proven from last season and this season, and I think will be shown again this week when Tennessee plays Kentucky. It's one Tennessee's favored to win. It's one that I think Tennessee should and will win. But next week when Tennessee plays Alabama – we'll be back to some of the same conversations we've had last week and this week, and that is it's a lot of players all over the place. Does Tennessee have enough in the secondary to cover Alabama's receivers? Heck, Georgia this weekend may not have enough in the secondary to cover Alabama's receivers. So that's where Tennessee is trying to get to. I think Tennessee has made progress there from a talent standpoint. We're seeing a number of first- and second-year guys out there on the field, from Henry Toto to Eric Gray, the tackles I mentioned on offense, Quavaris Crouch at linebacker. Those guys were all highly touted when Tennessee signed them. Uh, those are second-year players in the 2019 class, and more of those players in the 20 class and the next year, the 21 class, will probably be helping Tennessee as well. So Tennessee is, is getting there. Tennessee just needs more. So that brings us to the freshman focus for Tennessee coming out of this past week. Morvin Joseph is a player that I think we should be paying attention to. Joseph and Tyler Barron are two guys who could help provide depth up front on defense and could help as pass rushers because that still needs to get better. And having DeAndre Johnson back after he was out of the game early because of his ejection, that's something that will help Tennessee. But they need more players, and Joseph and Tyler Barron are two guys that athletically I think fit the part and they were two four-star prospects Barron could go just about anywhere he wanted to and same with Joseph he chose Tennessee over Florida and Florida State and Florida probably could use Joseph right now on the defensive side considering the issues the Gators have had also though for this freshman class it was a different kind of year they didn't have a normal summer they didn't have a normal fall camp because of everything that was going on so on Sunday Tennessee held a scrimmage for players who have not been playing quite as much on Saturdays to get them more of an opportunity. That included Harrison Bailey, Tennessee's freshman quarterback, who was very highly touted in the 2020 class. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said talking to the media on Monday about the scrimmage that they had and how it helped some players, especially quarterback Harrison Bailey. He's really good. We I think we took like 49 snaps, you know, and, and Harrison took every one of them. So uh, for him, that was really good because he – Based off the way our fall camp went, he didn't get a lot of live action. Uh, we just didn't have enough uh, plays to for him to get in there and get going. So it was good for him. It was good for a lot of players, uh, a lot of energy. Uh, so it was a lot of guys that, uh, to me, you know, that kind of stuck out. So we got to continue to do this and uh, give these guys an opportunity to develop. And that will happen as this season goes along. This season, by the way, is going to fly by. We're already at week four, which is hard to believe considering – how much time we had to build up to the start of the season and how long it felt like the offseason was going to take. And it's a shorter season, of course. It's 10 games, not 12, 11 weeks with the off week in between. But uh, there are going to be more injuries. That's going to happen. And Tennessee is going to need players to step up. And that's why freshmen being able to progress. Key Lawrence is a guy that's been talked about in the secondary that could help as the season goes along. There's a good amount of talent. It was a highly ranked class 
for Tennessee, the freshmen who are on campus now I'm referring to. So I'll be curious to see who else might get an opportunity. We've talked about the freshman receivers and Jalen Hyatt, Malachi Weidman, how might he factor in? And then those guys up front on defense that I mentioned. And I know there's a lot of talk about the quarterback position. You're well aware of that at this point as well. But in terms of on the field on Saturdays, it's Jerry Antano who is the starter. And the talk has been JT Shrout and Brian Maurer battling for the backup spot with Harrison Bailey being the fourth team guy. Him having that opportunity in the scrimmage I think is important for him. And then let's see if we hear more about him in practice as the season goes along. And if you want to project long-term, talking about the quarterback position, this is football futures. Well, Caden Salter is committed in the 2021 class. And last week, Steve Wiltfong of 247 was on the show and praised his ability and how Salter has improved and his stock has risen because of that. He was an elite 11 quarterback. Bailey was a highly touted quarterback in the 20 class. So those are two guys that could have a good competition next year. We'll see how the the position develops for Tennessee. Right now, Tennessee has one quarterback on the roster who was signed by the previous staff. That's Jared Garantano and three guys who are on campus that were signed by Jeremy Pruitt and his staff. And that's Maurer, Shrout and Harrison Bailey. So far, the coaching staff is stuck with the veteran in Jared Garantano. And I know that they want that to be the case the rest of the season, but how the freshman quarterback Harrison Bailey progresses and how Maurer and Shrout develop will be really important potentially this season, certainly long-term for Tennessee's recruiting and how Tennessee performs in the SEC. It's the most important position on the field for a reason. So Tennessee continues to recruit in the 2021 class. We've talked about some of the big names tonight in terms of Taiwan Malone and Tyrion Ingram Dawkins on the defensive line. Amarius Mims will have his announcement coming up tomorrow. The expectation is that he is going to choose Georgia. We'll see if that's the case. If he chooses Georgia or Tennessee, the other coaching staff is going to continue to recruit him, I promise. But pay attention tomorrow for Amarius Mims' announcement, and we'll have official word for you right here on The Sports Animal. Thank you for hanging out tonight on Football Futures. It's here every Tuesday from 7 until 7.30, presented by Twin Peaks. You can always go back and listen to the show on the WNML app. Have a great evening right here on 99.1 The Sports Animal.